everybody. Welcome to the New Market Alliance Church Podcast. For more information on the vision, programs, and news of our church, be sure to check us out at www.newmarketalliance.ca. We'd like to encourage you as well that no podcast, no matter how good, can substitute for the experience of joining together in person at a worship celebration. That's where God really meets people, often through the love and ministry of others. At NAC, we meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. Now let's join this week's teaching. Welcome, everybody. My name is Jonathan. So glad that you're here today. Just uh, raise your hands. How many are going to leave today and at some point um, do some more Christmas shopping today? Yeah. Okay. We, let's just pray for these people real quick. Lord, um, how many of you have re-gifted a present this year already? Good for you. See, this is, I approve of good stewardship. This is what we're about here. Uh, I'm curious, how many of you have something in your life, though, that you wish was different? Yeah. I know for a lot of people, um, you know, like the song says, this is the most wonderful time of the year. But for a lot of people, it's a heavy time of year. It's, um, it's not the most wonderful time of the year. Some of you got bad news this month. Some of you are going through some stuff. This isn't what you planned for Christmas, and you're facing things today. You might have health issues. You maybe have, well, you know, it, and often it's more difficult when someone you love has health issues, and you're, you're living with that. And I know that just during this time of year, the schedules are crazy. You got you got to get everything done. You got to get presents. You got to get the house clean. You got to get the wrapping done. You got to get these meals made and get everybody to grandma's house. And it can just be chaotic. And instead of being a peaceful time, for many of you, it's the act, exact opposite of that. It's an anxiety-filled time. I know financially for a lot of people, you're totally stressed. You're spending and spending and spending, and January is going to come eventually, and so are, are the bills, and you, you feel it. You feel the tension. The kids are unwrapping their presents, and you're going, ah, but we got to pay for that you know, next month. And some of you, you've got family issues. You, 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 you go to see your family. It's supposed to be a Merry Christmas. It looks more like uh, the British drunken parliament or something like that. It's... it's It could be challenging. And you're like, where is this peace at Christmas that I hear so much about? So Isaiah 9, 6 is a prophetic verse, and it's given some five to 700 years before the birth of Jesus. And we've talked about the four specific prophetic names, and today we'll look at the fourth. And here's what Scripture says. says. Why don't we we read it all together? Um, Let's read it out loud. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The word of the Lord. No Anglicans. Okay, good. Just wanted Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. And I hope that during this last Advent Sunday, uh, during this service of worship, that you experience 
the peace of the Lord. We're, we're planning a Christmas Eve service on Tuesday, and we're trusting that you'll feel peace. We'll sing, you know, the well-known uh, carols. You'll hear a, a simple Christmas story of a God who would humble himself and, and who moved into our neighborhood. But some of you are asking today, where is this Prince of Peace? Where is he the rest of the year? Um, during normal everyday moments. Well, let's look again at another scripture, Luke 10, or sorry, Luke 2, verses 10 to 14. Very well-known, important passage, especially around Christmas time. This was the angel of the Lord speaking to the shepherds in the field, and this is what the angel said. Do not be, what? Afraid. I bring you good news, good noise of great joy. Ah, ah, my mouth will work by the end of this message. That will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, what? Peace. Peace to men on whom his favor rests. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. And when he appeared, an angel said, peace on earth. But yet, when I think about the birth of Jesus, I'm not envisioning something very peaceful. A teenage girl named Mary finds out she's pregnant, and she's pregnant by God. And that's a tough thing to explain at high school, you know? The old God got me pregnant excuse doesn't fly often. And so right off the bat, there's suspicions, and there's accusations, and there's this ostracizing probably that goes on. The very beginning of the story is not that peaceful. And then she's nine months pregnant and this couple has to travel across the country, nine months pregnant on a donkey, okay? Now, I took this Vicky to the hospital in a Hyundai Elantra and that was uncomfortable. And I bet it was for Vicky too. And we're talking... <laughs> We're talking pregnant on a donkey. I don't know, Brittany, uh, Maddie, if you're, if you're feeling the uncomfortableness yet, but just like nine months on a donkey, would you you'd be down with that? No, no. They, they pull into town. She's freaking out. Get me a place to stay, Joseph. I'm about to have this baby. No Airbnb, no Motel 6, no Travelocity map, nothing, right? And so... Joseph negotiates this deal with some guy. He says, man, there's no room in town, but you can stay in the barn. Oh, hey, the barn, that's good. We can have a baby in a barn. And that's what I always wanted with the animals and the animal poop and all of that. That's perfect. And so here you've got this little girl, nine months pregnant, traveled all this time on a donkey in a barn. She gives birth. Hey, you know what? There's no epidurals. And I hear epidurals are awesome. I try to get one every time I go to the dentist, and they say no, but how, you know, just say no epidural, no peace. That's, that's our family motto, and Jesus, Jesus is born, the Prince of Peace. He enters planet Earth, and then King Herod gets threatened. He's freaking out. I've heard rumors about this birth. There's these prophecies. Is this the guy that's going to overthrow me? So the king says, Let's just kill the baby. 
Let's go and find them and kill them. And just to make sure, find any baby under the age of two that's male and kill them as well. So here we have the Prince of Peace born, and all of a sudden, all these innocent babies are being murdered. And maybe you're thinking, like me, well, this is a tough, this is tough to reconcile. The Prince of Peace coming to earth, it doesn't sound that peaceful. Well, fast forward to today, 2019, and I don't think we've ever seen a generation, a time where, and I think the mental health stats would bear this out, where there has been such a lack of personal peace. Christians, non-Christians, people who are just stressed out all the time, no peace, just anxiety, tension, Christian marriages, non-Christian marriages, not at peace, teenagers riddled with anxiety and fear and depression. Where is the Prince of Peace in all of that? There's this uh, GTA life that is more financially stressed than maybe we've ever had. Um, Where's the peace in that? I see all kinds of relational tension, people who just can't get along. Um, You can't even pull into the mall uh, trying to find a parking spot with somebody flipping you off. And I'm like, Vicky, this is a small community. Someone's going to see you. And she's like, but... I'm going to talk a lot about Vicky today. Anybody know why? She's not here. And she doesn't listen to the podcast. But if you are listening, darling, I love you so much. Um, Turn on the news. Have you ever seen such turmoil? Have you ever seen as many shootings as we have in the last two years or so? Have you ever seen such a polarized political culture? Um, Countries at war. And you may be even tempted to ask, well, if Jesus is the Prince of Peace, has he kind of dropped the ball? I've always thought that peace would be more like, you know, this, this pill that kind of just removes my anxiety, some sort of Holy Ghost Valium or something. But then you study Jesus, the Prince of Peace, and you find out he's more than that. Um, so who is this Prince of Peace? Well, I like to go to the Hebrew sometimes, you know that. And in the Hebrew, it's, it's two words. It's, it's Sar Shalom. Sar is that uh, word that means the one who's in charge, okay? It means El Capitan. It means um, Lord, chief. It means the general. It means, you know, the Romans used it, uh, the word Sar. It became Sar, C-Z-A-R. And that became Caesar, which is the one who's in charge. Jesus is our captain. He's the chief. He's the Lord. He's Sar Salom. And what does shalom mean? Well, shalom was actually a greeting for one another, and they still do that in Israel today, still do that in Orthodox Jewish neighborhoods all the time, shalom. It means, it's, it's a lot in this one word. It means rest, it means tranquility, it means wholeness, it means completeness. Jesus is the sar shalom. You could say he's the captain of rest, he's the... Lord of tranquility. He's the chief of contentment. He's the prince of peace. And so as long as we are in Christ, we can have that peace. Now, 
Does that mean that we can do anything we want and still have peace? Well, of course not, you know? Can a guy get deeper and deeper into pornography and then go put on his church mask and his church persona and still have peace? I don't think so, because he's doing something outside of the lordship, outside of the leadership of shalom. Can a couple treat each other with disdain and contempt and call each other names that embarrass their kids and then all of a sudden expect to have peace of God? I don't, I don't think so, because they are outside of the sar shalom. Can a person, you know, charge up all their credit cards and spend more money than they make and, you know, try to fill that void they have with stuff and expect to have peace? You know, they're outside of the will and the wisdom of the Sar Shalom. It's only when we are under the lordship of the Sar, the one who is in charge, that we experience his peace. And the amazing thing is when we are under the lordship of Christ, he can give us peace. I tell you that people don't understand, that the world doesn't get. When your private world is falling apart, Jesus can give you an inward peace that just goes beyond human understanding. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And just as the Sar Shalom can give you peace, he can take it away as well. And why, why would he do that? Well, because he is the Sar Shalom. He is the Prince of Peace. He's the one who's in charge. And he may remove that peace from you to get your attention. He may remove his peace because you've left him and he's trying to draw you back to him. Peace is more, shalom is more than just, you know, that peaceful, easy feeling. Um, it's, a, it's a completeness. It's a wholeness. It's, and, and, you know, when you step outside of his will and his way, you may not experience his peace. And that's why you want to be under the sar shalom. Uh, what does that mean in our everyday life? Well, just two quick thoughts. First of all, Jesus, the Sar Shalom, he is the peace who comforts us. He's the peace who comforts us. Some of you right now, you've got some things in your life that are going haywire, and there's no inward peace. You know, understand that the Sar Shalom, Jesus wants to bring you comfort this morning. Here's what Jesus said in John 14, 27. He said, peace I leave with you. Whose peace do I give to you? Say it with me. My peace. My peace I give to you. Notice it's not your peace. It's his peace. And Jesus wants to give it to you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Whose peace does he give to you? His peace. His peace. It's the peace of the one who is in charge. Sar Shalom. And let me give you an example. At my house, Vicky, uh, she wants peace, especially at night, especially when I'm in bed. Now, I can't give her my peace. Uh, she wouldn't want it anyways, because I, I have all kinds of other issues that I'm dealing with. I don't say to her, Jonathan's peace I give to thee. And she'd be like, mm, no thanks. So when she says at midnight, did you hear that? 
And I go, nope, it's fine, it's the wind, it's the house settling, the dog's making a sandwich, don't worry about it, go to sleep, peace be with you. That doesn't cut it for her, you know? She'll wake up from a deep sleep like this. <gasps> it, perfectly articulate, too. It's like, is Rose home yet? I'm like, uh, yes, no, I don't know, maybe, probably not, she'll be fine. She needs to learn how to survive on the streets anyway, just... <laughs> And this is not helpful to her for some reason. Now, I may be at peace, but my lack of anxiety or good parenting skills doesn't transfer to her, okay? Only the Lord of peace, the Sar Shalom, uh, can give her true and lasting peace. It's not our peace. It's his peace. If we are way out here, uh, we don't have access to his peace as when we are close to him, in relationship with him. Some of you might say, well, what if I don't have his peace? Could it be that you are a believer in Jesus, but you're still trying to do it yourself? That you're still trying to muster the energy for it? You're still trying to figure it out on your own? You're trying to solve it on your own? You're trying to do life outside of the Sar Shalom? the Prince of Peace. So, so what do we do? Well, Scripture is very clear. You'll know this if you've been raised in the church. Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7 says this. Do not be anxious about what? Anything. Anything. Many of you right now, you're anxious, period, about everything. Scripture says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, Present our request to God. And then the what? Peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. What do we do? When we are outside trying to cope on our own and we don't have peace, we step under the lordship of Christ, the Sar Shalom, and we present our requests to him, our anxiety to him, and say, I can't do this, God. It's no longer mine. Anyways, I, want, I trust you with it. I, 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 I offer it to you because you're actually offering me your peace. And I can have your peace, so I'll give you my anxiety. So, so when two years ago, almost to the day, some of you will remember this, when Vicky's mom was facing the end of her life, Vicky could experience real and profound and supernatural peace. The peace that passes all understanding. Jesus was enough. The Prince of Peace was enough for her dad, Andy, and her sister, Jenny. And sometimes um, you may not know just how good he is until you know just how hard life can be. Oh, that's, somebody needs to write that down. You may not know how good he is until you, until you know how hard life can be. And some of you... That's, that's right where you are in this moment. Let me tell you, with everything in me, I believe Jesus is the Sar Shalom. He is the Prince of Peace who comforts you. Second thing is this, Sar Shalom. Jesus is also the peace who saves you. He is the peace who brings salvation. Look at what Scripture says in Romans 5 verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through 
faith. Notice scripture doesn't say since we've been justified through our good works or our church attendance or our religious efforts. Since we've been justified through faith, what do we have? Say it aloud. We have peace with God. Say it again. What do we have? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And some of you say, well, I don't really know if I have peace with God. I don't feel peace. Well, I want to say something that's that's controversial, actually, something that doesn't apply to everyone here this morning, but may apply to, to one person. Could it be that the one who can give us peace and take it away has strategically removed peace from you to draw you to himself? Let me, try, let me try a little experiment with you guys. How many of you have ever told a lie? Just raise your hands up high. Okay. Now look around. Those who are not raising their hands, tell them, you're a liar. <laughs> Just go ahead. Right in church. Feel free. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Okay. Um, how many of you have ever, raise your hands, stolen something? Okay. I used to walk out of HMV with tons of cassette tapes in my pockets. <laughs> Millennials, cassette tapes are this, <laughs> you put a pencil in it and try to, yeah. Anyways, how many of you have ever looked at someone lustfully? Don't raise your hands. I don't want to know. <laughs> um, Jesus is the one who said, If you ever looked at someone lustfully, you've committed adultery in your heart. So based on what you've just told me, most of you are lying, thieving adulterers. (laughs) Hey, welcome to church, everybody. We're glad that you're here this Christmas time. We wanted to give you this warm, fuzzy feeling. So if God were to just judge you on the Ten Commandments, based on what you told me, would you be judged innocent or guilty? Guilty, guilty, guilty. Guilty as charged. And so we wonder why there's this absence of peace. Well, because we're outside of the only one who can bring his true spiritual peace. That's why Christmas is so incredibly important. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, Jesus, born of a virgin, conceived of the power of the Holy Spirit. Why is that important? Because we... With earthly parents, we inherit a sin nature. We are bent towards sin. We are sinners at birth. You never have to sit down with your kid and say, guess what, Jimmy? Today I'm going to teach you how to sin. Okay? We're going to have sin lessons. lessons. Okay? So I'm going to teach you to be selfish and how how to hit your sister. We don't have to teach that. You notice that comes naturally? Um, But Jesus, who was conceived by God, did not have sin nature. And he was a perfect sacrifice for our sins so that he could be the innocent lamb of God, so that he could give his life, so that he could be raised again, so that we, even in our sin, could be in him, under his lordship and fatherly protection. He's the one who's in charge. He's the one who gives Peace. It's not our peace, it's his peace. And we can't earn it. We can't earn it to be right with God. It is only because he offers it to us. Peace I give to you. 
My peace I give unto you. Not like the world gives. Let not your heart be afraid. So some of you right now, you're here, you're wondering, why don't I have peace with God? And so you're trying to be a good person. You're trying to keep all the rules. You're wondering if you've been good enough. And you're trying not to be a bad person. And you wonder, why am I still drawn towards bad things that don't give me peace? Well, we're born that way. And you cannot simply work your way out of it. You cannot simply will your way out of it. You simply take the step of faith and say, I believe, Jesus, that you are enough. Here's what it says in Scripture in Ephesians 2. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself is what? Our peace. Praise God. Outside of him, we have no promises. We have um, his adoption. We're adopted into his family. We have a peace that passes all understanding. You know, I... I don't know, Mike shared the story of Amy and Luke. I don't know how she can say she has peace other than Christ gives her supernatural peace. I don't know, I'll be honest with you, for those of you who don't have Christ, I don't know how you go through trials and death and grieving when you don't know what it feels like to experience the supernatural peace of Christ. I didn't ask Paul, if I could share this, but Paul and, and uh, Liz went to the doctor this week and have a, I suppose, a, more information about how they're going to treat his cancer. And in his email, just talking about feeling the confidence and the peace. I don't know how, how that happens other than he's in Christ. I, I had my own sort of uh, medical news in the last month had three C- CT scans, MRIs, the thing where they put you in the tube. And, um, you know, and then r- words like tumor are being thrown around. And, and I- I'm not trying to compare, you know, my story to anybody because it turns out it's actually pretty simple. It, it's, it'll, it's surgery. It's benign. It'll happen in the new year. But I will say this, I didn't lose a minute's sleep. And that's not praise Jonathan, that's just, because I have my own other stuff that I worry about. But I didn't worry one minute. And I guess it was because, and for those of you who know what I'm talking about, whether I die, I'm the Lord's, or whether I live, I'm the Lord's. So whether I die or I live, I'm the Lord's, amen? Amen. So so let me invite the band to come back, and I'll close with this. A few weeks ago, as we were praying with the elders, I was praying for specific families in our church who I knew just needed the peace of God, the shalom of God, to rest on their house and on their emotions and on their spirit. And I'll bet many of you have had the good experience of of Byron Hearn slipping you a little piece of paper. He's got this prophetic gift, I believe, and sometimes gets a word from the Lord and it comes out on napkins and scribblings and This wasn't so much a a prophetic word as much as a deeper understanding of the word shalom. And he had heard this deeper understanding from Peggy's uh, grandson, I believe. And here's what, do do you have that picture up there? This is what Byron sent to me. 
It says, in essence, shalom is to attack the authority attached to chaos. To attack the authority attached to chaos. So shalom in that sense is not just a passive, defensive word where you kind of stay all safe and cozy and fulfilled. In this understanding of the word, it's actually a word on the offense, right? Attacking the authorities, the principalities, the kingdoms attached to the spirit of chaos and turmoil and anxiety. I want to say this. God is fighting on your behalf this morning. God is attacking the chaos with the supernatural power of peace and shalom. And we get to have the peace of the one who told the storms to simmer down. We get to have the peace of the one who tells demons to take a hike. He tells cancer to heal. The one who is in charge of peace. Peace. Bring it all to peace. The storms surrounding me, let it break in your name. Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. We're going to sing and we're going to declare and I'm going to pray over you today and I don't want it to be some sort of namby-pamby, milquetoast kind of prayer. I want to boldly uh, pray that the Prince of Peace does battle on your behalf today. Amen. Will you stand with me? And I want to pray for you as we sing.